Welcome to Pretty Hard, a podcast by Fluff, a beauty brand that believes it's okay to feel more with makeup so long as you don't feel less without it. This is a series of honest conversations, thoughts and feelings with myself, Erica Gerrats and Ellen Jenkinson. So Pretty Hard is all about discussing what we feel when we think about our relationships to beauty, how they've changed over time, what we've been and are currently influenced by, what we're trying to change and of course how hard it is to run and consume a beauty brand in today's digital age. It's worth noting that our conversations go from super light to super deep. We discuss all things related to beauty and identity, including topics like ADHD, body dysmorphia, abuse, disordered eating, gender, sexuality and family of origin. We hope you enjoy these conversations. Today we're talking to Meg Wilshire about her relationship to beauty. Meg is from Upray Studio. She has been a friend of mine and Ellen's for a few years now. What is time? Anyway, we're going to get stuck into the weeds, uh, talk about the influences of beauty in her life, how it shaped her idea of identity and what that is. Mm. Meg. Hello. Hi. How are you going? <laughs> Thanks for coming. So we ask everyone to just begin with, we're like, what do you think about when you think about your relationship to beauty? For me, it feels um, artificial. Ooh. Ooh, huge. We Love haven't had that, that yet. <laughs> Go on. Well, that's what I think about because it, for me, that's the way that I think society perceives beauty to be mm-hmm. rather artificial. But in my experience, if you've got a really beautiful inside, then that shines on your outsides and that feels really important. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of stuff. That means my insides are going to feel beautiful and I think that shines through and then that bleeds into all of your relationships with people all the time. Yeah. But I feel like the emphasis feels artificial. Yeah, what totally. wants you to think beauty is. Yeah. So if we sort of – we always like going to like what's your first sort of like core memory of beauty or your ideas about it or perhaps these internal, external reflections. Where do they start? What do you think was your first sort of significant influence that you can remember? I feel like I have this key marker in time when I was young. I grew up in like a Christian religious family, so we weren't allowed to watch a lot of things or listen to a lot of things. But I used to get up as early as possible to put on Rage. And my favourite <laughs> things to watch was like Christine Aguilera doing Dirty film clips. How old would you have been when Dirty her. came out? Six maybe. Oh, my God. And I used to follow her and copy her and I wanted – Slat strands. I wanted black <laughs> through the front of my hair. The eyeliner. I wanted a mini skirt the size of a belt. Like yes. straight up, loved it, loved her. And that was like a poignant memory of mine. And that's what like I kind of, it started paving the way of what I thought beauty was. Mm. She's such an interesting one. I mean, her journey with beauty has been this kind of like topic of discussion on the internet over years, or I think she's gone through so many changes. And I remember that period, I was a rage watcher as well. Like I would wake up at 6am and just prop myself on the couch and watch it all the way through. And then I would watch video hits at like 11. Yes, And pop stars was like my idea of like beauty, coolness, success. And I definitely like, I was like, I want to be famous. Um, And I was like, I guess that's what I have to look like and be. 
Um, so was that – it's interesting that like six or that was your sort of first impression. Like a lot of people we've spoken to have said that their um, parent was probably a bigger influence or one of the first things watching say their mum get ready or their relationship with makeup. Do you have any experience there? Um, not really. My mum didn't wear makeup. Mm. My mum didn't care about her appearance. Neither did my sisters. I've got two sisters. Older I, or younger? Both. I'm right in the middle. Okay. And I'm definitely the person who cares the most about their outward appearance out of everyone in my family. My mom's face routine to like wash her face is use soap. Mm. She had no products in the house. In our family shower now I go home and there's like fucking pant- there's That's Pantene. Fine. <laughs> there's Pantene Pro-V. And then, oh, God, does she even use – I think she uses Dove. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's just interesting because Jenna, who we spoke to on the last episode, had probably a similar upbringing or connection to her mum where her mum didn't care so much about beauty or didn't do anything in terms of makeup and skincare. And so that's translated to Jenna. She doesn't really do much at all. Mm. But you're saying the opposite has happened where you do it all. Mm. And we have Christina to thank for that. (laughs) Or (laughs) what else? Like how else do you feel like that has evolved or come out? Well – I feel like I have this internal rebel inside of me, always have, always will. And I always Mm. question the way that things are in the world or the way that people are and why they are the way that they are. And for me, it was never enough to sit back and just accept the way that things were. And I would question experimenting or like creating little worlds for things or for people and that included playing dress-ups with clothes Mm. but then also playing dress-ups with makeup and I was Mm. like whoa cool I can feel like I fit into that world if I do that to my face and my decorate myself in Mm. this clothing and you can kind of reappropriate or reinvent yourself and that was cool to me because you didn't have to fit into this very square mold that I saw a lot of people in my life fitting yes. into. How I'm curious how your parents were with that or even with you now. Like I know that you mentioned and I like you've mentioned a few things to me that they're quite, you know, traditional and Christian and you're from a small town. Mm. How did that were they supportive or were they like, what is this girl doing with slut strands? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good question. They were definitely supportive, but there were limits to it. So I would watch Rage, but they'd come in and they'd be like, oh, is she watching Dirty and Slut Dropping or is she watching like Smashing Pumpkins 1979? Because Mm. one is okay, the other is not. Mm. And there was a lot of um, chat around, particularly as I grew up and became more of a teenager, around the way that I looked and how I dressed and the way that that made other people react and feel and that was my problem, not someone else's. So there was a big narrative around if I looked too sexy or too cute or too cool or showed too much skin, then the way someone reacts to that, if it's negative, was my fault. And so I would sometimes get dressed in an outfit and mum would be like, Andrew, can you come and check out what Meg's wearing? That's not appropriate. <laughs> and he'd come in and be like, okay, Meg, I think you should maybe get changed. 
you look a bit tardy or something. Mm. So I'd go into my bedroom, I would get changed, but I'd shove a change of clothes into my bag and get into the outfit I initially wanted to wear as soon as I left the house because I was like, screw you guys, you're limiting me and my self-expression and that makes me feel small. Mm. So that was my way of just kind of taking control of the situation a Mm. little more. I remember you said to me and it was such a – like you and I have really similar experiences in this and I remember you said to me once, just wear what makes you feel powerful because I was like there are times where I get changed and I'm like – and I do it to myself. I'm like I look too cute and I don't want to deal with the attention or anything I'm going to get today because it stresses me out sometimes because I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Yes. And you were just like, Ellen, just wear what makes you feel powerful. I remember like messaging you once being like, oh, do you look cute today? You're like, I look cute every day. And I'm just (laughs) like, I love that so much. But I guess my question is, are there moments that you do feel overwhelmed by, I guess, attention or anything that you get when you're dressing how you want to dress? Yeah. I feel like I have this recipe I've created in my head where I'm just consciously like, If I have my chest exposed, I will cover my legs and wear something baggy. If I have my legs exposed, I will wear something baggy up the top and Mm. it's this like push and pull. I feel like Victoria Beckham like wrote that rule at one point. Yeah, you texted it to me. And I said, yeah, it's like if your legs are out, you've got to cover your top. If your boobs are out, you've got to cover your legs. True. But again, these are just rules. These are just made up things that people have prescribed and that we follow. And then you're like, why? Well, I feel like too much if I'm showing both Mm. and I don't like people staring at me in that way. I like people staring at me like, whoa, she feels happy, strong, powerful, not she looks sexy, she looks hot. Mm. Whoa, that girl is, whoa, that's a lot. I don't like that attention. Mm. Like to me doing something and taking control of that and feeling those feelings I'd like to feel, I hope empowers someone else to do the same Mm. yeah it's really hard one because I think about that too like we're not we can't control how someone perceives us right Mm. so I could feel incredibly comfortable wearing what I'm wearing and that won't change that someone might say Eric is totally underdressed or oh god you wore a really short skirt to a wedding kind of thing I can't change or control how that person sees me I can only control how I respond to their reaction which is like okay maybe this makes you feel uncomfortable maybe you wish you could wear this but you don't want to maybe you just don't like this type of fashion and that's also okay like my journey has been just trying to like understand that that so long as I feel good and comfortable in what I'm wearing, whether that's clothes or makeup or how I do my hair, like that's the point that totally. I feel good about it. And I'm starting to really learn and recognize when I don't feel comfortable in the clothes I wear or the makeup that I do. Cause I'll sometimes think I'll try and change how I look based on where I'm going or who's going to be there. And I just feel shit. And then I, I can't engage with people properly because I feel insecure or a bit nervous about how they're perceiving me yeah so it's it's hard though but it's been made me be like my main thing when I go out is like am I going to feel comfortable um like mentally and emotionally not just in terms of like relaxed fit or whatever but just like am I going to feel like I can engage with this person and not be worried about how I look or how they're perceiving me yeah I totally agree with you and that's why I think the way that I dress, including putting makeup on, 
is so important to me to feel really solid in myself and so powerful and like I've played to my own rules because that means I control my narrative and how I feel in the Mm. world and then I'm not worried or feeling insecure or feeling like I'm not myself and I can relate to somebody from a place of feeling calm and sincere and Mm. um, self-assured rather than insecure because I think that's when you start projecting onto other people. Can you think of a time where you have shrunk yourself and how that made you feel? I guess I used to shrink myself a bit when I was younger living in a small town because there's only so much boundary pushing you can do without like being quite bullied for it because I feel like there's a direct correlation between fear and hate and if people don't know about something it turns into hate. Yeah, they don't know how to respond to something being different to them or the norm. So they just Yeah. Mm. So a lot growing up, I would test things out, but I never felt like I was comfortable or part of the community in which I lived from the ages of, I don't know, 13 to 17. Mm. Um, Does it come up now though at all, whether it's like friendships or relationships where you – notice someone else maybe not feeling comfortable with your expression of yourself? Mm, Not the expression of myself. I don't really care about that anymore. Mm. But I'm hyper aware of people who are on the outer and looking like they're not having a good time or they're uncomfortable or don't feel like they're a part of a conversation or a group of people or a community and I go out of my way to try and weave them in to feeling a part of whatever it is we're indulging in at the time. Mm. So... I've moved around since I was minus one a lot, moved a lot, a lot. And I think that has played into feeling like a bit of a chameleon in ways, but also noticing when somebody's on the outer or the precipice of a conversation or an interaction and trying to um, extend myself beyond the comforts of the little group of people I'm with to ensure that they're feeling comfortable and having a good time. Mm. It's so interesting. So I'm just like reflecting. So you and I are like quite good friends. We've spent a lot of time together. Yes, and now we I'm are. like <laughs> I'm reevaluating all these social situations we've had. So like as an example, you and I went to down the coast the other weekend <laughs> and I picked you up from your place and you came out and you were wearing <laughs> like a fluoro one piece that looks like it's from Baywatch with jeans and then this big top hat, cowboy hat with clear sort of speed dealer sunnies from the petrol station and like straight away I'm just like oh my god everyone's gonna look at us but everyone was looking because you're so happy like (laughs) and you look beautiful like it doesn't look comical or anything but it's not what you see someone just wear to the beach but I'm just like do you do you notice people looking or you just just like I am just in my element no I don't notice (laughs) I don't care I love it I just do what feels good for me. If I turned up to the beach wearing what you were wearing, I would feel like everyone was staring at me because mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel like myself. It feels so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone then that is wanting to feel like themselves or wanting to express themselves but doesn't know how? Because I imagine there would be a lot of people who wish that they could pull off what you wear or are like, I don't even know where to start. 
because I mean we live in Melbourne where I mean we're all wearing mostly black today but you know that's the outfit and it's that pressure to conform is is there whether it's subtle or really loud and I think depending on where you are like what suburbs there's people expressing themselves more than in others but it can seem overwhelming because like finding your true expression of yourself is different to just doing what everyone else is doing in that sort of like whatever weird aesthetic or trend is happening. Mm. So I'm just wondering if you've thought about this that much about what finding your expression is or how you go about choosing your outfit or how you do your makeup and what you would say to someone who's feeling a bit lost about what their expression of themselves is. For me, it's about how you want to feel. So depending on what you're doing for the day or for the week, I try and think about it. Today I wanted to feel stylish and timeless but comfortable. So I put this outfit on because I'm going to embody the feelings I want to feel if I'm wearing something that makes me feel that way. So I try and think about what feelings I need to feel to take on whatever I have like Okay, scheduled, scheduled. Yeah, scheduled. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Whatever. Um, for the day or the week ahead. And then honestly, that feels like such a support system. And mm. I know it's just clothing, but if I'm feeling really uptight and uncomfortable, I'm going to carry that through the rest of the day. And every interaction I have with people is probably going to feel a little like that. Tight and uncomfortable. Totally. Yeah. I'm the same. And then it's like if you throw a camera into the mix, what I find fascinating is it couldn't capture my discomfort yeah. or my awkwardness because I've either worn something that I haven't want to wear or I've got my hair done in a way or had my makeup done in a way that is just not me. Yeah. And it's amazing that a camera can capture that. It's crazy. It's very powerful. Mm. yeah it's so it's just interesting that and when I think about it in that way it does mean that on any given day based on where you're going or how you're feeling you could look a different way mm-hmm. I sometimes I've never really understood that chameleon concept because I'm kind of like aren't you just you and you wear the same stuff every day and that's what you are and then I've admired people who are sort of that chameleon and that changes all the time but they're just going with their different feelings at the time or where they're what they're what is scheduled mm-hmm. it's nice It's also intertwined as well and layered. I feel my mood changes every day. What I'm doing every day changes and what exercise I feel like doing each day changes. And if I'm not checking in with myself, I could just turn up in the same way every single day, but that's not going to feel genuine Mm. either. So for me, it's really checking in internally and making sure I'm across how I'm feeling and how I want to feel and what I'm doing and just being in constant communication with myself means mm. that I might show up completely differently the next day and that's okay. Mm. That's normal. Mm. Do you feel like your work with Upray Studio and some of the other brands and clients that you've worked with is a chance for you to share that or this sort of philosophy or approach with people and give them an outlet or a chance to do the same? For Upray, absolutely. That's pretty well like the main concept for the brand is allow yourself to be loud, allow yourself to be soft, allow yourself to be loved. (laughs) All the different things. All the different things. But for other brands, I kind of have to adapt that chameleon quality and fit in with Mm -hmm. them and what they're wanting. And Do you find that hard sometimes? Because you sort of got to be like, there's what you might want to do 
and then getting into that mindset of like this is this brand and maybe they are the more rigid sort of like straight lines or yeah I do sometimes but also there's kind of a learnt recipe yeah or you can shift into it yeah yeah it's like a chef who knows Mm -hmm. what ingredients make Mm -hmm. a certain dish taste a certain way and you've just got to kind of apply them and the outcome might be different sometimes Mm. is there anything that you've learned is like not you or not your vibe in Um, terms of beauty or fashion feeling like I look like everybody else Mm. (laughs) do you find it hard though to have that conversation because there's like there is a part in me when you say that that wants to be like, oh, like it, it's like, <laughs> am I everybody yeah, else? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm curious how you feel like you can kind of have that conversation and same with fluff, like how do we talk about not wearing makeup without making people who wear makeup feel like shit? Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like how do you kind of have that conversation and not feel like you're putting down people who do want to just wear, you know, a bikini same to the beach? Or- yeah, the same thing every day or whatever. Or is it that you're like, no, people should be more in tune and try more? But if that's somebody's feeling and how they want to feel, that's their expression of self, but it's not mine. I think maybe that's where your approach to fashion is similar to ours with makeup where it's like we know what our individual one is and I'm sure that if we got it stuck into a conversation and you just be like, tell me about why you wear what you wear Mm -hmm. and the more I peel back and go, why do I wear this but why? You know, like, why do I like all black? What's influenced me for that? Why do I just like comfort? I'd probably get to this realisation where I'm either, like, expressing or suppressing something mm. and that would make me question and be like, okay, do I keep doing this? Am I happy with those choices? Or, yeah, do I have some deep yearning to wear bright pink or and just for other people, do they have some yearning to not wear makeup or to wear heaps of it? Another discussion we have is around um getting work done or any sort of like cosmeceuticals no cosmetics whatever (laughs) getting work done Mm. like we just want to ask questions and if like if people can sort of really deeply understand why they do it why they're making those choices then it's like fuck cool whatever decision's right you know and no neither is right or wrong but if you can't sort of deeply analyze it or understand it that's potentially where Mm. it could be an issue yeah I'm turning 30 in February and I've been looking at my face and I'm like, what are these new wrinkles I haven't met before? Mm. And I'm like, shit, when, when's the age and is this even relevant anymore? Would I ever get Botox? Would I ever get a filler? Would, mm. And then I think for me the only reason I feel like I should is because I compare peop- other people's level of beauty to my own and I'm like well they get to look that good because they might have adjusted the way they look with these Mm. enhancements I guess and I'm like shit I wonder how that makes them feel would it make me feel better Mm. and I have like you said analyzed a lot of it I don't know where I land at the moment, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere I've been in my brain thinking about for a while now. Yeah, yeah I think we can't not think about it with how much it's in front of us every yeah. day 
online amongst our friends. So it's just like a normal thing to consider because it's so readily available and accessible as well. And we are looking at ourselves in the mirror every day or comparing ourselves to people around us. So how could you not be like, oh, yeah, as our face ages, as we get older, it's just like, how do I feel about this? Do I want to preserve it? Do I want to alter it? Do I want to change it? Do I want to accept it? And one year we could be happy with it. The next year we might not. Then we could go back to being happy with it. It's like a mood. (laughs) It is a mood, yeah. (laughs) It's interesting. It's difficult when you work so heavily in an industry that's so aesthetic focused. For you both in beauty and then me in fashion, it's so heavily intertwined and you get sold this narrative all the time and it's so hard to escape it. I think it's really difficult to be a part of it and adding to it but not letting it overwhelm you or dictate you and you can be so easily influenced. It's crazy and it all starts feeling very noisy and I think when you become used to something, you become desensitised to it and it's very much the same thing or the same feeling where I have to be on these certain platforms and I need to be engaged and understand what's going on in the world to a certain extent. But at what point in time do you pull away and say, that's enough, why is this feeling normal to me when it probably shouldn't and I still have that deeply embedded sense of questioning within me to be able to psychoanalyze it outside of that little vortex. Yeah, I think you have to zoom out and just remind yourself and be like, what am I being influenced by? What have I become numb to? Like, where do I stand here? Yeah. I'm curious. I want to kind of touch on content a little bit with you. That just sparked something in my brain. Yeah. So tying back into, you know, you've brought up in this Christian way with fairly strict parents. And I know there'd be a little um, probably bit of inherent shame around, you know, being a certain way online, whether that's provocative or whatever that is. And I know you and I have discussed – like Sunroom or OnlyFans, we also don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I'm really curious what your kind of thoughts or feelings are around that in terms of how it would make you feel and if you have landed somewhere on how you feel about participating in those things. Yeah, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen in with the burn. (laughs) Get me, girl. (laughs) Um, So... And it can just be how you feel right now. Yeah. can change. That's what I'm realising. Yeah. I see other people doing stuff on – I haven't been on OnlyFans yet to make anything or watch anything, so I don't know about it. But I've been on Sunroom. I've made a little bit of stuff and watched a bit of stuff. Nothing too crazy. Um, I wonder about – how involved on those platforms I would be if I wasn't brought up in the way I was brought up Mm. because naturally I question everything. I can appreciate people being so courageous and putting themselves out there and I see so much beauty in that courage because it takes a huge amount of muscle to, um, I guess, expose yourself to so many people. And I don't know if it's scarier exposing yourself to people you know or strangers. Um, I take my hat off to anybody doing it. I'm a pretty, like, I am in touch with myself and my femininity and my masculinity and my sexuality quite a lot. And 
I like teeter on the edge of being like, oh, I could do this. I could start an OnlyFans, call it minister's daughter because my dad <laughs> is a minister and Great probably brand. make bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spank bank. Um, <laughs> but then I'm like, holy fuck, I don't actually know if I could do it yeah, when yeah. push came to shove. And mm. I don't know if I could. I think I have this like inbuilt set of um, regimented conservative constructs without me wanting them to be there because of my conditioning. And even if push came to shove, I don't think I could date someone else who was really heavily involved on these platforms mm. because something inside of me would feel like it was the wrong thing. Yeah. And even if you can't fully explain why it doesn't feel right, you can't ignore personally if it doesn't feel right. I yeah. sort of toy with that too where there's one part of me that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like this is a great mm. um, revenue stream or I want to do this to express myself and to just shake myself out of those constraints or restrictions. And then there's something in me that's just like, no, nah, I'm not ready. And I'm willing to keep challenging those two voices that – you know, are fighting each other, but I'm like, I'll know when it's either ready to do it and wants to do it. And if it right now, it's just like, not for me, then that's okay. Yeah. I had a recent experience where, yeah, there was a fake account that was set up using my, not any of my nudes, but using my face and then someone else's body. And it was sent to a lot of people. Apparently it's pretty common, but it was, and like this, yeah, it was the strangest feeling to have I think that's where I landed on. I couldn't do it. And again, I applaud anyone who can. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I got all these messages from strangers being like, can I have the link to your OnlyFans? Mm. And I was like, and that's what I spoke to you about. It was the weirdest feeling is I was like, I'm a whole person Mm. with this whole personality that I've worked real hard on. And these people just don't care about that at all, which is fine. But I was like, I couldn't reconcile that feeling. I was like, no, get the link to my blog and read some of my articles <laughs> about my inner thoughts. I was like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I totally understand. I think for me as well, when I was growing up, I did a little bit of modelling, but so much of me felt repulsed by that because you don't get to choose what you look like and I'd much rather somebody compliment my brain than my body or my face. And so for me... Doing that, I don't want to be a model. I don't want to be um, somebody with a hot body. I want somebody with a sexy brain, a kind heart and humility and respect and uh, nice energy and then like just so happens to have a gorgeous body depending on who's looking at me, you know, but I don't want that to be what people associate me with and so for me I don't think I'm ready for that experience either. So just to be a sexy piece of meat for somebody, I feel like that disassociates how substantial my brain is. Mm. And your heart. Your head and, and my your heart. heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And how do you then, if you were to summarise how you feel about your relationship to beauty or connection to identity right now, mm. what's one word that comes up for you? One word. Or a couple. <laughs> it can be a sentence. Just how Maybe just feeling. warm. I feel warm about it all. I feel warm inside. I feel warm outside. 
It's cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> but you feel good. Yeah. Great. But I feel good. I don't feel hot. I don't feel cold. I just feel solid and calm and warm. Great. Well, that's a podcast episode. <laughs> good bit about that, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, you. Thanks. thanks for having me. Of course.